0: Section 27 of Knickerbocker's History of New York, Volume 1, by Washington Irving. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Greg Giordano knickerbocker's history of new york volume one by washington irving section twenty seven chapter eight in the last chapter i have given a faithful and unprejudiced account of the origin of that singular race of people inhabiting the country eastward of the new Netherlands, but i have yet to mention certain peculiar habits which rendered them exceedingly annoying to our ever-honoured dutch ancestors the most prominent of these was a certain rambling propensity with which like the sons of ishmael they seem to have been gifted by heaven and which continually goads them on to shift their residence from place to place so that a yankee farmer is in a constant state of migration tarrying occasionally here and there clearing lands for other people to enjoy, building houses for others to inhabit, and in a manner may be considered the wandering Arab of America. His first thought on coming to the years of manhood is to settle himself in the world, which means nothing more nor less than to begin his rambles. To this end he takes unto himself for a wife some buxom country heiress, passing rich in red ribbons, glass beads and mock turtle-shell combs with a white gown and morocco shoes for sunday and deeply skilled in the mystery of making apple sweetmeats long sauce and pumpkin pie having thus provided himself like a peddler with a heavy knapsack wherewith to regale his shoulders through the journey of life he literally sets out on the peregrination his whole family household furniture and farming utensils, are hoisted into a covered cart, his own and his wife's wardrobe, packed up in a firkin, which done, he shoulders his axe, takes his staff in hand, whistles Yankee-doodle, and trudges off to the woods, as confident of the protection of Providence, and relying as cheerfully upon his own resources, as did ever a patriarch of yore, when he journeyed into a strange country of the Gentiles having buried himself in the wilderness he builds himself a log hut clears away a cornfield and potato patch and providence smiling upon his labors is soon surrounded by a snug farm and some half a score of flaxen-headed urchins who by their size seem to have sprung all at once out of the earth like a crop of toadstools but it is not the nature of this most indefatigable of speculators To rest contented with any state of sublunary enjoyment improvement is his darling passion and having thus improved his lands the next care is to provide a mansion worthy the residence of a landholder a huge palace of pine boards immediately springs up in the midst of the wilderness large enough for a parish church and furnished with windows of all dimensions but so rickety and flimsy withal that every blast gives it a fit of the og. by the time the outside of this mighty air castle is completed either the funds or the zeal of our adventurer are exhausted so that he barely manages to half finish one room within where the whole family burrow together while the rest of the house is devoted to the curing of pumpkins or storing of carrots and potatoes and is decorated with fanciful festoons of dried apples and peaches the outside remaining unpainted grows venerably black with time the family wardrobe is laid under contribution for old hats petticoats and breeches to stuff into the broken windows while the four winds of heaven keep up a whistling and howling about this aerial palace and play as many unruly gambols as they did of yore in the cave of old aelius The humble log-hut which Wilhelm nestled this improving family snugly within its narrow but comfortable walls, stands hard by, in ignominious contrast, degraded into a cow-house or pig-sty, and the whole scene reminds one forcibly of a fable, which I am surprised has never been recorded, of an aspiring snail, who abandoned his humble habitation, which he had long filled with great respectability to crawl into the empty shell of a lobster, where he would no doubt have resided with great style and splendor, the envy and the hate of all the painstaking snails in the neighborhood, had he not perished with cold in one corner of his stupendous mansion. Being thus completely settled, and, to use his own words, to rights, one would imagine that he would begin to enjoy the comforts of his situation, to read newspapers, talk politics, neglect his own business, and attend to the affairs of the nation like a useful and patriotic citizen but now it is that his wayward disposition begins again to operate he soon grows tired of a spot where there is no longer any room for improvement sells his farm air castle petticoat windows and all reloads his cart shoulders his axe puts himself at the head of his family and wanders away in search of new lands again to fell trees again to clear cornfields again to build a shingle palace and again to sell off and wander such were the people of connecticut who bordered upon the eastern frontier of new netherlands and my readers may easily imagine what uncomfortable neighbors this light-hearted but restless tribe must have been to our tranquil progenitors if they cannot i would ask them if they have ever known one of our regular well-organised Dutch families, whom it hath pleased heaven to afflict with the neighbourhood of a French boarding-house, the honest old burgher cannot take his afternoon's pipe on the bench before his door, but he is persecuted with the scraping of fiddles, the chattering of women, and the squalling of children. He cannot sleep at night for this horrible melodies of some amateur who chooses to serenade the moon and display his terrible proficiency in execution on the clarinet hautboy or some other soft-toned instrument nor can he leave the street door open but his house is defiled by the unsavory visits of a troop of pug dogs who even sometimes carry their loathsome ravages into the sanctum sanctorum the parlor if my readers have ever witnessed the sufferings of such a family so situated they may form some idea how our worthy ancestors were distressed by their mercurial neighbors of connecticut gangs of these marauders we are told penetrated into the new netherland settlements and threw whole villages into consternation by their unparalleled volubility and their intolerable inquisitiveness two evil habits hitherto unknown in those parts were only known to be abhorred for our ancestors were noted as being men of truly spartan taciturnity and who neither knew nor cared aught about anybody's concerns but their own Many enormities were committed on the highways, where several unoffending burghers were brought to a stand and tortured with questions and guesses, which outrages occasioned as much vexation and heart-burning as does the modern right of search on the high seas. Great jealousy did they likewise stir up by their intermeddling and successes among the divine sex, for being a race of brisk, likely, pleasant-tongued varlets, they soon seduced the light affections of the simple damsels from their ponderous dutch gallants among other hideous customs they attempted to introduce among them that bundling which the dutch lasses of the Netherlands, with that eager passion for novelty and foreign fashions natural to their sex seemed very well inclined to follow but that their mothers being more experienced in the world and better acquainted with men and things strenuously discountenanced all such outlandish innovations but what chiefly operated to embroil our ancestors with these strange folk was an unwarrantable liberty which they occasionally took of entering in hordes into the territories of the new netherlands and settling themselves down without leave or license to improve the land in the manner i have before noticed this unceremonious mode of taking possession of new land was technically termed squatting and hence is derived the appellation of squatters A name odious in the ears of all great landholders, and which is given to those enterprising worthies who seize upon land first, and take their chance to make good their title to it afterward. All these grievances, and many others which were constantly accumulating, tended to form that dark and portentous cloud which, as I observed in a former chapter, was slowly gathering over the tranquil province of New Netherlands the pacific cabinet of von twiller however as will be perceived in the sequel bore them all with a magnanimity that redounds to their immortal credit becoming by passive endurance inured to this increasing mass of wrongs like that mighty man of old who by dint of carrying about a calf from the time it was born continued to carry it without difficulty when he had grown to be an ox End of section 27 Recording by Greg Giordano Newport, Ritchie, Florida